0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Dr. Charles Morgan III, come on down, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, out in the audience, there, is there any? Charles Morgan, Chucky Morgan, come on down, ladies and gentlemen we're looking for a mad scientist frankenstein doctor and you sir have been chosen ladies and gentlemen let's jump in to dr charles morgan iii let's see what he has to say ladies and gentlemen here we go um it's nice to be here actually it was a navy i wasn't army but i've done more work with the army i think over all these
1: years than i ever did with the navy so uh, so what i would like to talk to you a little bit about today is Something I was asked to do in 2010 and 2011, Um, I was getting ready to leave over at the CIA where I'd worked for a number of years, and the Intelligence Science Board said, could you give us a brief on what's in in store for us in the future? I was like, I don't know, predicting the future is really hard. Um, So I told my boss at the time, I said, well I think the best I'll do is make an estimate over what I think is gonna happen in the next five years, uh, given certain technologies that were being developed at the time.
0: Okay, so he was asked to predict the future, so he said he's going to do an assessment over what's going to happen over the next five years. Now, this, again, was published in, let me double-check for you, this was in June 2018, okay, and so up on the screen... He has uh, some of his credentials. And then it says, what's in the future for the national security community? That's the question. What's in the future for the national security community? And so I always find it to be interesting when I watch these guys like Dennis Bushnell and him. uh, And they're showing their presentation using a crappy PowerPoint presentation. And they're these, like, technological guys. You expect everyone to be wearing augmented reality goggles and then... He snaps his fingers and a hologram comes up in the middle of the room and he shows the world being blown up. And he goes, oh, then five years, it'll be gone. Five years, it'll be gone. But no, instead, he's got a big screen with an old-fashioned projector showing his PowerPoint presentation. Let's continue. And this is a bit of an extension of that. I presented to the SSG and uh, it was... Some information I think
1: some people didn't know, and I think the it's good for people to be aware of what's going on out there. The, the one thing that makes predicting a little bit of the future easier when you look at biomedical science is that labs are working fairly systematically with overtly stated goals. So if you think about it, science is not really done in a haphazard way. It takes time, preparation. You have to test multiple hypotheses, develop techniques. So it is not really rocket science to look at a lab and say this is where they're going and here are probably two of the achilles heel points in the design but if
0: they surmount those they will probably achieve what they say they want to do so that's a little okay all right so let's let let's actually roll that back for a second and let's re-listen to what he said and uh it it was some information I think some people didn't know,
1: and I think the, it's good for people to be aware of what's going on out there. The, the one thing that makes predicting a little bit of the future easier when you look at biomedical science is that labs are working fairly systematically with overtly stated goals.
0: Labs are looking working very systematically with overtly stated goals. And so the information that I have shared with you over the last 38 episodes, I have utilized the white papers, uh, the speeches, the words of the actual people who are in charge of developing the technologies and rolling them out into the public. Okay, and that is how I am able to start to predict the future. Of course, I have no real inside knowledge, I do have intelligence that I get from people in healthcare and such. But I'm not working inside the industry. He is working inside the industry. And so he has more information, obviously, than I do. But I utilize their own words. We look at the businesses they have, the companies they've opened, the investors behind them, to start to predict the future. And so what he's saying is these labs have these overtly stated goals, and that helps predict the future. And so that is true. You can see exactly what they're doing. And in most cases, they're not really hiding it. Uh, I do believe a lot of the technology we see rolled out by Elon Musk and others are technologies that were already being developed, as we just proved in the 2015 article, where they talked about openly brain chips being developed back in 2002, and Iron Man exoskeleton suits going all the way back to the early 2000s as well. And so then you can see when they bring them out publicly, Obama announces the Iron Man suit in 2014 but they were talking about it going all the way back to pre-2000, but they don't really hide what they're doing. When they're getting ready to roll it out, they roll it out, folks. So if you think about it,
1: science is not really done in a haphazard way. It takes time, preparation. You have to test multiple hypotheses, develop techniques. So it is not really rocket science to look at a lab and say, this is where they're going. And here are probably two of the
0: Okay, so as he said, it's not rocket science to look at a lab and predict where they're going to go, because what he's saying is that there are a certain set of techniques you follow. There's there's a plan in developing certain technologies, and so if you're somebody like him, you can look at a lab, you can look at what they're doing, look at the equipment they have, look at what they're testing, and then be able to predict where they're actually going with it. And so... That's what he's talking about here. And so he's going to show, he says, two examples, let's say Achilles heel points in the design, but if they surmount those, they will probably achieve what they say they want to do. Okay, so the labs he's talking about, he's saying if they can overcome the Achilles heels points, meaning if there's any problems, uh, any roadblocks, any speed bumps in the development of the technologies, and they can overcome those, then that's probably going to be what occurs that's what's going to happen i mean they're working towards it right so let's say in building the synthetic womb there's some hiccups well once they iron out those issues then the synthetic womb is a reality so that's a little bit of what this is about um i was going to give you my thoughts on mind body and beyond gene slicing uh the Okay, so let me just say, I'll pause this up on the screen in case he doesn't mention it. I watched this, but uh, I can't remember everything. So up on the screen, there's some bullets here. Bullet one, mind, body, and beyond. Bullet two, gene splicing, uh, slicing, uh, which we talked about yesterday with the designer babies, right? Um, number three. Uh, Venter and Dreads. Number four, DNA encryption. And number five, the past isn't what it used to be. All right, let's let him continue. Dr. Ventner's work, uh, DNA encryption, and something about memory,
1: that the past is not what it used to be. What I'd like you to consider for a minute is that one of the things that most people uh, have a hard time understanding is that there is a difference between our mind and our body.
0: Okay, so up on the screen now, and when they show the screen, I'll read this stuff to you because that way you'll understand what he's talking about. He doesn't always recap what's on the screen. So it says, never believe the body is permanent. Body is like a water bubble. Mind is like a mad monkey. So body is like a water bubble. bubble. Mind is like a mad monkey.
1: Your personal experience is usually of an integrated uh, operating system since the time you were little. However, there has been a plan in many labs to figure out how do we help people whose bodies don't work in the way that they want them to do, who have neurologic defects. Could you uh, start the first video?
0: Okay, and we've talked about this in the past, right, Uh, with Elon Musk Neuralink Brain Chip. And as I've told you, that the first step... Uh, being able to develop this technology and then get it widely accepted is to attach it to someone with paralysis or someone who was in a car accident that lost the use of certain limbs, right? Just like with the synthetic wombs, they come at you with the adoption campaign that it's going to be to save premature babies. And so this is right where he is, right where Dr. Morgan is right now. So as a way of surmounting that, people are
1: experimenting Five or six years ago, as so early as 2008.
0: Okay, so he's going to show a video now. So it's not me talking over him or him. He, he's going to talk over the video somewhat. But up on the screen, he has never believed the body is permanent. May 29th, 2008. And he's going to show a video now. Basis. Um,
1: with whether or not you can do a brain robotic interface. I don't know if there's volume for that
2: that we go through with our monkeys as they go through and try to learn how to use this robot so they're using um brain signals so signals from their motor cortex that we um, pull out of, of wires into our system and our computers then um, decode what it is that, that the monkey's intending to do
0: okay pay careful attention Because he has this up on the screen. This is from 2008. They're talking about a monkey using its mind to control a robotic arm that they're showing with like a pincher fingers. Well, remember Elon Musk rolls out Neuralink eight years later in 2016. And then we showed you the monkey mind pong video where the monkey is using its mind to control uh like basically its thoughts are controlling the mind the the video game pong so it's using its mind not its fingers to control the joystick but now you're seeing this technology all the way back in 2008
2: and uh drive the endpoint of this arm forward and backward and around through space the monkeys have brain control over this robotic arm to uh, move it forward and grab a piece of fruit as is presented and then bring it back to their mouth uh, to feed themselves Incredible as it may seem, these monkeys learn to feed themselves with a robot.
0: Okay, so there's a monkey sitting in like a plastic tank, and to the left of the monkey, there is a mechanical arm. And so the monkey is using its mind to control the arm to pick up food and then feed itself through its mouth.
3: Arm that was being directly controlled by their brains, as if it was simply part of them. This is a biofeedback, closed-loop kind of experiment, and that there's an automatic, almost an automatic learning that's going on um, where we're communicating with the...
0: Okay, so that's not me. Something happened to his audio. Just give it one second. So essentially,
1: when you're little and you're growing up and you're learning how to work your appendages, you are making good motor neuron connections and inhibitory connections. And what they're able to do back in 2008 uh, with a primate is have it learn through trial and error that by thinking it can move a robotic arm and feed itself. Uh, It didn't take too long for the uh, neural interface issue to be resolved once people figured out. You could implant electrodes on brain tissue and then take a biological signal and turn it into an electrical signal and amplify it. It took a little while for the monkeys to uh, figure out how to do it early on. They would give it a little joystick, so it was like playing a video game.
0: see that folks you see that folks okay so in 2018 dr charles morgan iii is at west point doing a presentation based on a presentation he said he had written earlier on monkeys using joysticks to move around an arm to make it feed itself but then they take away the joystick and the monkey just uses its mind to move around the arm. And that is from a 2008 study. Fast forward 10 years, Elon Musk rolls out the monkey mind pong video, which is the same thing, except now Elon Musk is normalizing it and humanizing it because they've turned him into sort of this eccentric pop culture figure you know similar to uh howard hughes that leonardo dicaprio played in the movie the aviator you see how it works folks the government develops it and then they roll it out through one of these pr billy mays mike lindell my pillow front men. oh yeah you just got to see it right there folks let's continue and Pretty soon, the monkeys, uh, actually there's a chimp that's done it as well.
1: She figured out she just didn't need to use the uh, little joystick and could just think about it. Um, And then the arm would move, and the monkey would begin to experiment and would think about where it wanted
0: the arm to go. So it was learning, I have a new appendage. okay so learning that it has a new appendage well in the elon musk mind pong video they have the monkey play mind pong every time it wins it basically that they're feeding it through um, a straw banana milkshake and so eventually they take away the use of the joystick so that the monkey is still making the Uh, Like it's using the joystick, but the movements inside the game are coming from the monkey's brain, not from the joystick anymore. So they hacked into the monkey's mind. That is the hackable animal side of things ladies and gentlemen absorb that for a moment you see that the technology existed in about a decade if not more before elon musk rolled it out on an international stage and made it hip and cool ladies and gentlemen i'm dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Payne.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and you are listening. To the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the middle of this speech in front of uh, some folks from West Point Academy with Doctor Charles Morgan III. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue with this. We just got through the section where he's showing a technology presentation from two thousand eight with monkeys controlling an arm using only their minds—the same thing that Elon Musk rehashed. 10 years later with his Neuralink brain chip. So here we go, folks. The same is true in people. As you can see,
1: just four years later, uh, we see it being done in humans. You can start that for me, please. With people who have neurologic injury and can't use their limbs.
0: Okay, so he's putting a video up on the screen.
1: um, Yeah, try Uh, and uh, hover over the screen.
0: yeah it's it's amazing these technocrats can't get a slideshow to work i used to run a corporate event production i could go there and help this guy that's right my life has
2: changed dramatically since the accident as of right now there's nothing to cure paralysis um besides maybe a miracle the first thing i would do if i get arms back i would hug my daughter be really nice to scoop something up on a spoon and feed myself again This is going to go beyond spinal cord if this works. This is going to go MS.
0: Okay, so they're showing a gentleman in a wheelchair, obviously designed to tug at your heartstrings and normalize the technology and then humanize it.
2: This is going to go stroke. This is huge. This is millions and millions and millions of people.
0: Okay, so on the screen, it says the UPMC Rehabilitation Institute and the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine's ECOG trial.
2: I'm pretty much broken from the neck down, I guess you could say. The only thing that I have left that is untouched is my brain. And uh, obviously, I'm able to use it very good. I'll be able to do this and do that. Um, you know, No memory loss or nothing. So I opted for an experimental surgery
3: to go at the one thing that I still have. What we try to do is uh, put a a grid in place that's capable of recording signals from the brain. So when you think, when you think I want to move, there's actually electrical impulses in the brain. We want to be able to record those electrical impulses and then decode what, what the electrical impulses mean and use that to control an object or an arm
0: okay folks so again this video now is from 2013 so in 2008 they do the monkey 10 years later elon musk says you know he more than 10 years later he says he's got the uh, monkey mind pong going and then in 2013 they're doing a human trial here Uh, we're going to get into a little more of this in a second. And then, uh, right now we're supposed to have a big announcement on Halloween from Elon Musk. Maybe we're going to find out that there was a human trial. So they're just rehashing, you know, what was done. As I said, they developed this earlier and then they use Billy May's pitch band to come out and bring it into the mainstream, make it seem a lot hipper and cooler than just coming from the weird scientists. So they're using must to do it in this case.
3: People have thought for a long time that we might be able to tap into the brain, but it's only recently that we've gotten closer and closer. Uh, there's some great work going on here at the University of Pittsburgh by a, a gentleman named Andy Schwartz. And Andy has shown that he can get a monkey to control a robotic arm with an amazing degree of freedom.
0: Yeah, Andy Schwartz, Goldblatt, Greenberg, you know, all these wonderful guys we're hearing about
3: by thought. We've developed technology where we can implant an array of electrodes microelectrodes, in the cerebral cortex of monkeys and we can record activity from many neurons in the brain simultaneously and from that signal we can extract the monkey's intention to move its arm and now that we have that we can have intercept that signal and use it instead of moving the monkey's own arm to use it to move a prosthetic arm. Just two weeks. Yeah. I think he said it back, What it, was, it takes to really get into people is a, is a large team. So we've basically been somewhat isolated in our laboratory, working on monkeys, proving the technology, just making discoveries, validating the technology, developing new ways of doing this. And what we've been able to do recently is pass a lot of this knowledge that we've gained to clinical um,
0: colleagues. To, cl- to clinical colleagues, yeah. The knowledge they gain and pass it to clinical colleagues who eventually pass it on to the pitch man, Eli Musk. Does this not all sound eerily similar to the technology that Musk is pushing? You know, where they're tapping into your head and putting all the electrodes down into your brain to read the impulses? Come on, folks. Come on. He came to the laboratory,
3: learned a lot of what we're doing, and then took it back to the clinic. And develop the technologies appropriate for humans. We were implanting our first uh, patient in a clinical trial to place subdural grips or electrodes on the surface of the brain uh, in an attempt to use them as a brain computer interface for the ultimate goal of controlling a prosthetic arm. And we'll start out simply with trying to do some cursor control, hoping that over the 28 days that he's implanted, that we will be able to progress to potentially
0: being able to control
2: over a lot two days after the surgery um we plugged me in and started to basically train my brain train the computer to my brain the way i'm thinking the computer doesn't know up down left right it just knows the signals that i'm thinking
0: okay so it, it's sad to say this again I don't judge you. If you're somebody out there that had a situation like this or you know someone that did and you utilized this experimental technology, you know, to better yourself or, or someone you know did this, you know, I understand it. But in the end, this technology is not being designed. They're not spending all that money to help this one guy cure his paralysis by putting a brain chip in his head and allowing him to use a robotic arm to feed himself or to hug his daughter. Um, they're building the technology under the guise of those circumstances. But in the end, we already know where this is going, folks, the tapping in of your mind with the brain chip. And you're going to see Dr. Morgan explain this. Oh, in more detail
2: for the first couple of days, it was just what's up, what's down. Uh, How I do it is, I look at the ball at the top, and through my peripheral vision, I see the ball that's moving, so I'm I'm focusing on the target, and almost with my peripheral, if I want to go up, I'm with my mental eyes, or whatever you want to call it, lifting up, trying to get that ball to go up, or trying to get it to go down, so I'm focusing on the target while watching the moving ball with my peripheral. It's like a one-player video game. I'm trying to beat my own score because there is a score, you know, there's a certain percentage. It's at a six, you know, each time I do it, it's out of six.
0: And folks, when you're looking at the screen that he is training himself on, it looks very much like monkey mind, pong. So, oh, come on. This is, this is sick stuff. It really, you know, it, it hurts your, uh, your heart and your soul because you see a guy who truly uh, needs help, who's injured, but in the end, he's... You know, frankly, the guinea pig for the Frankenstein technology that has a lot more nefarious purpose behind it.
2: 16 um, balls, if you want to say, and uh, I want to know that number, it's 13. I want the 14 or I want the 15. And um, so it's just a challenge to myself. One thing I found out that if I focus too hard, it doesn't work right. It has to be very natural. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad we're making such ground on this every single day um every other day we're just doing leaps and bounds and knowing that we're doing that if i had another week or two weeks or month where would we be then um we'd be i mean we've already done stuff that's unprecedented you know i've been i've been doing stuff i've been told um that with the 3d curse control people have been doing it for a year two years um that they haven't got the type of control and percentages that i've gotten um in a day so, mm. literally a day the highlight was 45 minutes ago i got to use a robotic arm for the first time and uh I got to reach out and touch wave for the first time in seven years
1: So what you see is people struggled with how to get the electrodes on the surface of the brain, how to do the brain learning. The computer algorithms have improved. This is by trial and error as it begins to recognize what the subject's brain is doing. But after that, if you look at that as a scientific development in medicine, you can quickly see the possibilities that emerge.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Okay there, Dr. Morgan. Now, folks, this guy has this giant smile on his face. Now you don't see him say, wow, that's amazing. We helped this guy be able to touch his wife. No, he said, if you look at it from the medical purposes, you can only imagine, oh, what other scenarios there are, folks. What other options there are. As you can see right here, this is it. I told you, these poor folks, are being used as the guinea pigs to design the technologies that are going to be used against humanity later we are all helping build this whether it be the gentleman who's paralyzed okay this guy tim who signed up for this trial Uh, to allow his body and his mind and his brain to be used to develop this technology, or whether it's me or you constantly interacting with our technological devices. We are merely nodes in the system helping build the technocracy, as Elon Musk would put it. And so we're all part of this, folks. But in the end, the goal is to engineer humans out of existence. The goal is to control those that they choose to allow to live as they want to grow us inside of synthetic wombs they want to design us into their vision of perfection they want to put a brain chip inside your head to control you they want to walk you into the metaverse cyber prison It all connects. It all adds up. There's one big vision. It's one story to be told. These are only the building blocks to the cyber prison planet they are building for all of us. Ladies and gentlemen, these technocrats, these transhumanists are very sick people. They hate humanity for some reason. They always want to try to perfect it. They want to play God. They want to be God. They believe that they can take control of the evolution of humans, but I believe the evolution of humans that they see is the destruction and the genocide of humanity itself. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back tomorrow, we are going to finish up this video on Dr. Charles Morgan III, and I will introduce you to some other super soldier technology that these crazy mad scientists are building Every day while you go to work, every day while you take care of your children, every day while you're cooking a meal, These people are working around the clock at warp speed to roll out the technological prison planet technocracy that they want to drive us all into. They are working on the techniques to merge man with machine because they believe that we are imperfect. We are inefficient. And humanity needs to either be streamlined or wiped off the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold.
3: The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world
0: built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion.